Um, hi everyone, my name is Jenny and I'm an atheist, lesbian feminist. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area of Northern California. I've been in OA for five and a half years. I've been abstinent since my first day um, and I have maintained a 60 pound weight loss. And I just welcome, wanna welcome any newcomers out there and just uh, say thank you to this meeting for having me. Um, and my story is my own. It does not represent OA and take what you want. And as they say, leave the rest. Um, I'm gonna talk about what it was like, what happened and what it's like now, and also how I work my secular program. So I wanted to start off by just sharing two photos just to kind of give people a before and after. So this was me about three months before I joined OA. And this is me now. So the program works if you're trying to you know, lose weight. Um, but that's not why I came and I'll get to that in a bit. Um, so what it was like, I always loved sugar as a kid. Um, and so I just feel like I was an, a sugar addict from the beginning. And I was also, I guess, an atheist from a childhood too. I mean, as soon as I heard about God, I'm like, that's just made up. Doesn't make sense to me. Um, we celebrated Christian holidays, but in a secular fashion, we have Santa Claus and the Easter bunny and candy instead of Jesus and God. Um, I had a pretty normal body size until I was 30 years old where I had two heart crushing events happen sort of back to back. And the first one was that I, my partner and I were trying to have a baby. And this was before lesbians were popping out babies left and right. So it was kind of like a new idea. And my mother was supportive of me being gay, but she was not supportive of me being a gay mother. And she disowned me. And my family's very tiny. I wasn't you know, allowed to go to family functions. It was just really, really crappy. And then the second thing happened a few months later. I had been with my partner for five years. Since the very beginning of the relationship, we talked about having kids. And I was actively trying to get pregnant. And one day she sat me down and said, you know, I want to take a break from this. And I'm like, okay, you know, and then a few days later, she revealed to me that she had been having an affair with someone else. And so that relationship just blew up and I lost my partner, my best friend, you know, my family that I was going to have. It was just a horrible time. And I started using sugar to self-soothe. I was in therapy one hour a week, but I could get sugar 24 seven and it made me feel better. Um, and I would be, I started gaining weight and I just bought like black stretchy pants and big uh, t-shirts. Um, and I just didn't really pay attention to what was happening in my body. I was just constantly though depressed and soothing myself with the sugar. Uh, after a few years, I got over my broken heart and I kind of took a double take and I'm like, oh my God, I got really big. And so I did what my family, the women in my family did, which was to go to Weight Watchers. And, you know, I was a very successful dieter and I lost that, all that weight. But that just started decades of yo-yo dieting where I would lose the weight. I would get into, you know, some stressful period of my life and I would eat sugar and I would gain all the weight back and then some, and I just kept climbing up the scale. Um, 
the last diet I did was this HCG diet where you only eat 500 calories a day. And I lost a lot of weight really fast. Um, and I also was losing my hair. I mean, I was, it was a starvation kind of a situation. And, um, but the good part about it, besides, of course, I like being skinnier was that I hadn't been like that light in a long time. And my body just felt great. Like I could exercise and I was enjoying it. And, you know, it, it just, it, I felt really good in my body. So it was kind of a good thing to have in my head, but of course I gained all that weight back and, um, it led me to age 56 where I just was compulsively eating sugar all day long. And I had this realization that um, if I, if my son's life depended on me quitting sugar, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would not be able to put that sugar down to save my son's life. And that sounds kind of stupid, but it just made me realize how deep this compulsion was that I loved sugar more than I loved my son. I had eventually had a kid in there <laughs> and uh, I just, I knew, you know, I tried talking about my weight issues in therapy. I had done dieting and I'd heard about OA, but I'm an atheist. And it's like, I know that they talk about God there and I just could not do it, but I was, I'd hit my bottom. And so I went to the OA website and there were probably 40 OA meetings within a 10 mile distance of where I worked and lived. And so I just went to the first one right after work that I could get to. And it was in like a church in a very tiny room, people were seated around this table and I got there kind of like at the last minute because I didn't want to have to talk to anybody. So I had to sit way away from the door and they didn't really explain what was going on. They were passing around this book and reading the story about this guy who became sober from alcohol by getting on his knees and praying to God. And I'm like, oh, this God stuff, you know, and I just had to sit through listening to all these steps. And I'm like, why are we talking about alcoholism here. I am here because I have an eating problem. And I just, it was the, like the meeting was worse than I had expected it to be. And I just tried to get out of there as fast as possible. But this woman stopped me and she said, you know, you should try at least five other meetings before you decide OA is right for you. And I was so desperate that I went that night and tried to look for other meetings. But this time I started reading the meeting descriptions because I'm like, I could not do that situation again. And I found out that there were two Freethinker meetings very close to me in Emeryville, California. And uh, it turned out that those meetings had just started like a month before. And we were meeting in somebody's condominium rec room. Um, and we were using alternative steps and outside literature from the beginning. And so for me, my experience in OA has pretty much been secular since the day I entered or the second day I entered anyway. And um, this meeting refrained from patriarchal and religious language. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I just, this meeting was great. So after um, three and a half years though, we got found out, somebody turned us into region two and we were told that we were gonna be delisted if we didn't stop our practices. And so we had to change. We decided we wanted to stay in OA, um, but that really, I took my anger about all that and uh, channeled it into uh, helping start Secular Overeaters, which is maybe some of you have heard of it. Um, anyway, um, I, let's see, 
my program now is that it's been a long process to lose this weight. Like I lost maybe 35 pounds as soon as I stopped eating sugar. And then I just kind of stalled out for a long time. And my sponsor was, you know, suggesting that I write down my food. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. This reminds me of a diet. And then I finally said, okay, I'll try it for a week. And I send her my food after I've eaten every day. And that plus the pandemic really helped me get to the next level of losing some weight. Um, so now my body is so much healthier than it had been. I, before being in this program, I had plantar's fasciitis and um, a bad back and both of those issues have cleared up. My A1C levels have returned to normal. My cholesterol levels are down and I have a lot more sanity um, around my food as well as other relationships. Um, and I really try and uh, treat myself like a loving parent. I mean, I was a loving parent to my son and I'm trying to be a loving parent to myself as well. And I really shut down that internal ugly trash talk that I used to say all the time. Like every morning I would get up and get in the shower and go like, oh my God, you're so fat. You're so like ugly. Like, why can't you stay on a diet? Why can't you put the sugar down? And it's just so great not to have that tape running through my head anymore. Um, and I've also, you know, set practical limits for myself. And I just know that I can't eat sugar, so I don't eat that at all. Um, I don't like having a strict daily program routine. I know a lot of people have, you know, some extensive or just, you know, some daily practices. And the only thing that I do is to write my food down. And, but I do use most of the tools and that's been one of the most important things for my recovery in OA is the tools. I go to three secular meetings a week. I have a wonderful sponsor who identifies as a pantheist and a feminist. So she still kind of believes in God, but not a guy God and not, you know, somebody up there with a beard who finds you a parking space. Um, and we meet for an hour weekly. I have three great secular sponsees and I meet with them for an hour weekly. I, my food plan is three meals, normal size, one plate meals a day. And I have an afternoon latte if my um, dinner is going to be later in the evening. And I really like the concept of the red, yellow, green light foods. And so I have my red light foods are pretty much all recreational foods, those with sugar and those that are salty and crispy. So I don't eat those at all. And I do measure my yellow light foods, which would be things like nuts, um, muesli, pasta, things like that, that can get out of control, but which I can still eat. Um, and I always try and have an action plan, especially when I leave the house. Like when I go to the grocery store, I go into the store with a shopping list. I don't just go, you know, I don't know what I need because a lot of times I'll just throw in stuff um, that either I buy way too much abstinent food that I can't eat, or I start drifting into the dangerous yellow light food zone. Um, let's see. I also, I do read literature, but I, I really don't like the OA literature. I've read it, well, most of it, um, but it doesn't bring me comfort. So I use secular 12-step books, and I've worked the steps twice. And I have about four different books that I read. I read the OA 12 and 12, but I also read these other books to kind of help me translate what, they're, what OA is trying to tell me. 
And that's been really helpful. Um, my favorite book is The Alternative 12 Steps by Martha Cleveland. And she's a psychologist and she comes at this from a psychology background, which the science just makes a lot of sense to me. I do writing at least once a week at my writing meeting. And anytime I feel stuck in my life, I find that that's a way that I can help myself try and figure things out. So I do that when I feel stuck. I also sometimes meditate when I feel stuck, but I don't have a regular meditation practice. Um, and I also exercise for at least 30 minutes a day. And I have two dogs, so that's kind of easy to get into. Um, like I said, I was, I was really angry at OA when they tried to delist us. Um, and it's just been really great that this kind of, that happened the um, winter, well, the, no, the December, right before the pandemic started. And Zoom has just been this like perfect climate to like bring secular people together. So that's really been a place that I've given service and service is really important. I have a friend who says, you know, when I'm trying to figure out how to put people, you know, in breakout rooms on Zoom, I'm not thinking about the refrigerator. So I really feel like service is a very important thing. And I've chosen to do a lot of service in secular overeaters. Um, and my abstinence is reframing from compulsive food behaviors, especially around sugar. And I really can't believe that this is possible considering where I came in, where you know I was willing to give my son's life for sugar. I haven't had sugar since my first day in OA. Not, you know, it might be a little teeny tiny bit somewhere in the ingredient list, but I can't believe that I you know, don't eat chocolate anymore. It's just like, that was a daily thing that I had. So that's been pretty amazing. Um, so just to talk about my secular program, in addition to really relying on the tools, um, and I also use, I rely on the outside 12 step literature. I really appreciated um, the Freethinker 12 steps that I was exposed to early on because then I didn't even have to worry about God at all. Uh, because it wasn't part of those 12 steps. And I just wanna give an example of one, like the one that really hung me up in OA was step three, which says, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of, the, of God as we understood him. So the free thinker version is, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of the collective wisdom and resources of those who have searched before us. And that just really makes sense to me. Like today, we are here with our collective wisdom. Maybe you might learn something from me. I'm definitely going to learn something from you all when you do your personal shares. And I just feel like that's been the biggest, group support has been the biggest thing that has really helped me. Um, and also, um, I'll lose my place. Uh, the resources of those who have searched before us. I mean, those are like other books and things that are out there and listening to people's podcasts. There's just, you know, there, there is a lot of, um, there are a lot of resources out there for secular people. And it's just really hard for me that OA does, you know, does not allow us to do that in meetings. Other 12-step fellowships don't have these rules. AA is fine with people, their meetings, if, you know, through group conscience, they decide to read outside literature, they do that. Um, if they want to use outside or a different set of 12 steps, they do that. But AA is just very strict about what we can and cannot do. And I'm the rebellious type. So that's just been really hard. 
Um, I don't believe in a higher power. Uh, like I said, I do believe in the collective wisdom. And I really do try, since I've stopped eating sugar, I've really gotten more in touch with like my own inner voice, my own intuition. Because when I was eating so much sugar, like I couldn't hear myself because it was just like this constant sugar buzz or my constant, like, when am I going to get my next fix? And I it was just really hard to listen to that little voice inside. And after I stopped eating sugar, I could hear myself better. And um, that has only increased being as I've worked a secular OA program. Um, I think, I don't know, and my sponsor is very supportive of me using outside literature and uh, talking over these issues with me, even though she's not an atheist, she's been super supportive. So I think that those things, as far as working a secular program, using an alternative set of steps, using outside literature, coming to secular OA meetings, um, and having a supportive sponsor have just really helped. So I think I've actually run through everything I was going to say, and I still have six minutes, or I have a few minutes left, but I think I'm done. So anyway, thank you for having me today.